HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This program is brought to you by Chefs Collaborative, a nonprofit with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Change menus, change lives. Learn more at chefscollaborative.org. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. We are a member-supported nonprofit food radio station. That means that every single thing we do, from broadcasting 35 weekly shows for free to bringing you exclusive content from sold-out food events across the country to offering scholarships to high school students, is only possible thanks to the support of our loyal members. And we want you to join the club. Become a member during our 2017 Summer Drive to get access to sweet swag and pledge your support to the world's only food radio station. Visit heritageradionetwork.org slash donate to become a member now. We don't argue. We have strong debates. When we went into it, we went in with the idea this is for life. How can two of the greatest generations school ours on marriage? It's Monday, July 10th, and this is Love Bites Radio. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you from Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Jacqueline Raposo. This is the third episode in our Me and You series, and as my darling friend and co-host Benjamin Rosenblatt is in the air heading back from his gig in Oregon, I'm taking today to bring you a particularly special Me and You story. As this airs in our 4 p.m. showtime, I'm with my mother in Rhode Island. This past week, I crashed at her place in the Connecticut woods for a few days in her vacationing absence. And before that, for a few days at my brother's house by the Long Island Sound while he was away. These are some of the luxuries that being a single freelance writer affords me. The stresses of working and living alone, which I admit can sometimes feel horribly lonely, are balanced by deep swaths of deliciously fulfilling time doing just what I want to do when I want to do it. 
So yes, I'm looking for a mate, but I also really love being single, which is why I almost had to sit down with my maternal grandparents, Pasquale and Hansine D'Ambrosio, because they've been married for almost 70 years, since 1948. Their lives have been a completely opposite reality from what mine is today. So that's what we're doing. Me and you, with my Nana and Papa. <laughs> my grandparents hail from New Hampshire. Nana's from a farming family, and Papa from the great city of Keene. Their families were still reeling from World War I when World War II came about. They remember the Great Depression and have told me about mumps and polio scares. So I sat down with them both separately at their house in Bridgeport and asked them five questions. First up is Pat. I asked him to share what he remembers of first meeting my Nana and what marriage has taught him over the years. Now, what struck me about his responses, about both of their responses, actually, and what is so unique compared to most interviews we've done on this show is how they turned questions asked about their experiences onto what they remember of other people. We hear a lot of we, or a lot of them talking about others, more than they talk about themselves. So I'll be back with more on that, but just keep an ear open, okay? So here is Pasquale D'Ambrosio. All right, Papa. So how, how old are you now? 90 years old. I'll be 91 in November. And how many years have you been married? This August will be 69 Wow, Papa. 69 years, right? That's incredible. God's been with us. He has been with us. So think back. Think all the way back. What made you fall in love with Nana? I was 17. She was 16. And a group of us boys used to go to the Keen Ice Creamery. And this is where I first saw her. She was a waitress there. And she was coming toward us. And I said to my friend Mickey, that is nice. <laughs> that is nice. She come and took our honors. And he says, you know, I knew her. I know her. I went to school with her. He says, I think I'll ask her for a date. I said, well, if you don't, I'm going to. So he had asked her for a date. And she started to date Mickey because they knew each other. They got me a date with Dottie. And we started a date, the four of us. And uh, she used to put her left arm on the back of the seat, put a chin on it, and we'd stare at each other. We'd stare at each other. Trying to convey my thoughts, poor, but I didn't really Dottie know that that day. I went in the service, Mickey went in the service. He was a good kid. He was a really good kid. I enjoyed him. For some reason, they broke up, and I started to date her. We went dancing. And eventually, I asked her to marry, and she wasn't ready. I was told to ask you how many times you proposed to Nana before she said yes. I heard she didn't say no, yes no, on no, the no. first she, try. She only said, really, once or twice, I don't, you know, she said, no, I don't, I'm not ready. She says, she refused me anyway. <gasps> wait, no, no, but tell me, wait, what do you mean she refused you? What she happened? refused me, so she got mad at me, and I says, okay, I walked away. <laughs> Maybe about two or three weeks, she called me up, and she says, how come you haven't called me and let me know? I says, you got mad at me, sent me away, <laughs> you know? So we Wait, started. so she got mad at you for proposing to her? I, I don't know why. She got mad at me because I think you're of me. being nice. I think there's more to the well, story, and you're just being yeah, nice and not going to uh, tell it. 
That's the way it was. So we started the date, and one time she says, you still want to marry me? I says, if you want to marry me. So we got married. Aww. We got married. What did you, early on in the day, what did you love most about her? Like- she had a nice smile, and her eyes sparkled. And she went through a lot as a teenager, 13, 14, 15. She had to break her way through life because she didn't have it easy as a young girl. You know, she had, she had to fight a way to go to high school, ride her bike two or three miles from from the farm to the school. So she, she struggled hard as a young girl. She struggled hard as a young girl, but she was beautiful. She was beautiful. What more can I say, Jack? What was the hardest thing you've had to go through as a married couple together? Oh. Well, since we were married, we didn't. We, we had hard times. It was hard, but we've always had food on the table. You know, money was always tight. It still is tight today. You know, as, as we get older. Well, what about in your relationship as as the years went on? Did and what got harder? If we get harder, between you being alone. Once once we saw Walter walk away when we joined the Air Force, that was difficult. He walked away in, at 18, and we looked at each other. And I didn't want him to go, but I talked him out of staying out of the Army. I talked him out of staying in the Marines or the Navy because I had people in the Navy. My brother got killed in World War II, and I had cousins killed in the infantry. I said, you stay out, so he joined the Air Force. We figured he'd be a little bit safer. He went to electronic school, and he made... Staff sergeant before three years, and he went to Vietnam, a Tonsonute Air Base where he was. And thank God he came home. Well, I was I was always proud of him anyway. We have we have times even now, we don't argue. We have strong debates. <laughs> Since she fell down and broke her shoulder and had a hip replacement, she's going through a tough time of recovering with exercises and stuff. She has difficult times to remember the proper sequence to get these exercises done. And I said, just do your occupational one day and your physical another day and get them out of the way because it's just simple exercises, you know. But I can't stress that to her. And she's so independent. She says, don't tell me what to do. I said, okay, then do either do them the way you want or don't do them at all. What way are you and Nana the most different? We're not different. She has, I'm a sit down, take it easy guy. I don't want to argue. I don't fight. And she's very strong headed. She always has been since she was 15. She had to fight away. She still is very strong headed. And she doesn't want to be told by me or anyone else what to do. She wants to do it her way. Right or wrong, she wants to do it her way. In what ways are you the most similar? In faith, I think. In faith. She's very strong in faith, and so am I. And uh, she doesn't go to church, but she watches it on TV. And I go to church because I'm active with it, and uh, I do what I can. I don't know exactly how to put it. Like, What would you credit to the success of your marriage, the fact that you've been married almost 70 years? Where she's strong, I'm weak. And where I'm weak, she is strong. So 
we, we have helped each other in our strengths and our weaknesses. And this is what's held us together. Because where she's, where she's weak, I'm strong. I do a lot of things that she don't do. And where I'm weak in business, business and bookkeeping and all that, she is very, very super. She's very good at that. She always has been. And she's held us together that way. And she's trying to teach me, and I have a hard time learning. I'm learning slow, but I'm learning slow. That's all. So you have three children. Nine grandchildren and nine great-grandchildren. And nine great-grandchildren. What advice about marriage do you want to pass on to your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren? Have patience with each other. Help you out with your weaknesses because you're both weak and you're both strong. So when you're weak and you can't argue, you should argue with it. You should just discuss it and help each other. You shouldn't have to yell at each other. But once in a while, Nana and I yell at each other, mostly because she is getting a little on the deaf side. She keeps on saying, here's a plug. It's the poor girl that's getting deaf and she's too proud to admit it. And there's not much you can know and she doesn't want to go to an ear doctor. So I put up with it, and, and sometimes she says, I can't hear you. I speak a little louder. She says, don't yell. <laughs> so I'm in between the hard rock and a place where, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. I couldn't, I couldn't live without it, and I dread the future. I really dread the future when one of us is gone. I am so, so, so lucky in my grandparents, so I just want to say that on record before I keep going. (laughs) When I asked them both about their personal struggles with their marriage, maybe a point in time where they weren't sure they could continue on in their marriage, I expected them to maybe talk about their inner turmoil, because that's what we all do today, right? Instead, they both referenced the leaner early years in their marriage where they took in other people but how they had no regrets in doing so because they always had food on the table. Papa referenced Nana's open heart, and Nana how Papa was always there to help her. So that's this we mentality. It just floors me. So I'm going to make a shameless transition as we go into our commercial break and invite you to become a we of Heritage Radio Network if you are not already. We are in the middle of our summer membership drive, If you listen to Love Bites or any of the other 30-plus weekly shows streaming from our team here in Brooklyn, please show your support by heading to heritageradionetwork.org if you are not there already and clicking on that beating heart in the upper right-hand corner. There are lots of details and fun stuff there for you on how you can join me in being a member of this excellent food and lifestyle station today. Now here are a few words from our sponsors, and we'll be right back. This program is brought to you by Chef's Collaborative a national nonprofit network with a mission to inspire, educate, and celebrate chefs and food professionals building a better food system. Chefs Collaborative members work to make sustainable practices second nature for every chef in the United States. Chefs Collaborative was founded in 1993 by visionary chefs including Rick Bayless and Alice Waters, who acknowledged the influential role of food professionals on our food choices, our collective personal health, the vitality of cultures, and the integrity of the global environment. Chef's Collaborative believes that the greater culinary community can be a catalyst for positive change by expanding the market for good food and helping to preserve local farming and fishing communities. Change menus, 
change lives. Learn more about Chefs Collaborative at chefscollaborative.org. Welcome back to Love Bites, where I'm sitting for our Me and You episode with my grandparents, Pat and Hansine D'Ambrosio. So from the many of my grandfather's stories I've heard over the years, I'd say my greatest inheritance from him has been this we mentality I spoke of before the break. Every friend who's met him has called him the sweetest man ever. His contributions to family and community come from a teddy bear-like loyalty. The kind of love I've inherited from my Nana is a fierce devotion. Life can be hard, as the greatest generation has taught us purely by their own survival. And if I were to trace my personal motto of get back up to someone, it'd have to be the tough farm girl my grandfather fell in love with. So here's their story in the words of my Nana, Hansine D'Ambrosio. Okay, what's going on? How old are you now? 89. This is what? You're 60, oh, 17. So it'll be 69 years? 69 years. Wow, this year, 69 years. Oh, mamma mia. Okay. Now, what do you want to know now? So think back 69 years. What did you fall in love with about Papa when you were a wee That's young? a hard thing to answer because I was going with somebody else at the time. My mother knew it before I did. She did? So Yeah, well, she how, did. Why? What did she say? Because when I came in the house after meeting him, I said, oh, I got a date with so-and-so, but did you see that guy with him? He was nice. My mother laughed. She knew then that I had met my mate, but she never said anything to me. And that's the way it went on. Then he went in the service, the other one went in the service, and then they came home, and I broke up with the one that was in the service to start going with him, and we ended up getting married. That's all I can tell you. But I heard the first time he asked you to marry him, and you said no. Oh, no. At 18, he wanted me to get married? No way. I wasn't ready to get married. Not at 18. Yeah? What were you doing then? I was working and, and, and giving my mother the money because my mother wasn't feeling well. Helping as best I could. I wasn't living at home because I had to live where I could go to work. So what did you love about Papa when you were younger? What did you fall in love with about him? He was kind. He was gentle. He was understanding. He's a good talker. Let me tell you that right now. Very good in convincing you. So <laughs> that's it. That's all I can say. But he was good, and he was good to my mother. He told me what he would do and what he wouldn't do if I married him, and he lived up to everything he said. What do you remember as some of the hardest struggles of your marriage? Well, the fact, I think the biggest factor was the, the work part. I worked. He worked, but he, and especially after the kids were here, and I compensated for what he didn't, and I worked, and we put our money together, and, and we worked it out that way. But I never mind work, too, because I was brought up to work. I didn't know what it was like not to work from a child up. I was up at, at uh, 6 in the morning and to bed at 9 at night. Mm -hmm. And that was the way it was. But I was trained for a worker. My life was different. He, I was from the country, and he was from the city. And there's a big, big difference in the way people live. 
in the city and the way people live in the country. The country is much quieter. You can relax. You can enjoy the breezes. You can listen to the trees. I believe you connect more with the earth and with nature. And you're used to that quietness. And then you get this hustle and bustle. And no routine, no no, no nothing. It's very, very difficult. Was that a problem in your marriage, or did it help balance you out? Well, as long as I was working, it didn't interfere because I was too busy. But it was after I retired that not immediately, because the first four or five years afterwards, I had kept myself busy. It was after that that the problems aroused because I wasn't used to being still. And that that caused the problem because he he still has his activities and he's all been whole when he does something. He keeps himself very active and very busy. And I just soon stay home and not do nothing. So but we, we did okay. He helped me with my mother when she she wasn't well and he helped take care of her like he said he would do for me. So I mean when we did have understandings before we would discuss things. So before we were married, we had agreements as far as the eating habits, that if we had something like green peppers, I could never stand peppers. But we made the agreement that when the children came, that no matter whether we liked it or not, we would put a small piece on our plate so that they would see that we ate it. So they didn't say, well, I don't like this and I don't like that. They had to eat and learn to eat. If they really didn't like something, we didn't force it, but they had to try it. So you were a team in that way. And there were other discussions before him. And if I disciplined him, he had to back me up, not go against me. When we went into it, we went in with the idea, this is for life. There's no divorce, no nothing. This is for life. Was there ever a time where you worried about your marriage, where you were afraid of... Oh, well, we went through the down times. And there's certain years with a marriage, for some reason, that you will have problems arise. Like I'd say, we went over the mountains, down into the valleys... We walked on plain roads, soft roads, low roads, straight roads, but we also had a time of trouble where we had to work together to iron things out. How do you iron things out? What advice do you give to take iron and those remain moments quiet out? and think deep and try to take and resolve things and try to talk. If you can't, then just walk away. Walk away from what? from whatever the problem is and let it rest and pray. I prayed a lot, let me tell you, especially when the kids were sick, if they were sick. And that was the biggest worry with the kids when they were sick. But you had to walk it. Well, we weathered the storm. Papa took his time and, and helped him take care of him at night. If he was away with me, and they always would get something when he was away with the National Guard for that two week. honest to God. Those kids, I swear, <laughs> wait until he got into camp, and then they'd come down with something. Boy. So we had, we had our good times, we had our bad times, but we weathered the storm. But 
In what way would you say you and Papa are the most different? The way we think, because I believe in, well, I always say two sides of the fence. You have to weigh things. You have to study them and look at the different ways. There's always two sides to everything. Which is the right one, which is the wrong one, what one do you agree with, what one don't you agree with. And I can fluctuate and pick out. Papa makes up his mind, you don't change it. The kids used to call him the army sergeant, because if he said something, that was it. I could use the expression they use in the service, but it wouldn't sound very nice <laughs> on the radio. And what way are you the most the same? The one thing that we did have in common, very close, was our religion. We both went to believed in the church, and we both prayed. I still do today. And prayer has taken us through many, many hard times. So, but... What has 69 years of marriage taught you about love? Caring. Deep caring. That's what it's taught. Sharing. Love is caring for someone else and not wanting to hurt them. To me, that's love. So that's my Nana, my maternal grandmother. And if you listen to our Mother's Day episode where Ben and I closed the show sharing what we most learned about love from our mothers, you might remember how I said my mother taught me about unselfish, giving love. And as that show fades out, she says, it's generational. I learned it from my mother. So there's the proof in the pudding, I guess. <laughs> but going back to what I said at the top of this show about how being single affords me time... There's a bit of this conversation with my Nana that didn't fit into the episode purely for technical reasons, but the gist is this. I started to mention how very few people will ever be able to claim 69 years of marriage. And she starts on this ramble about how we don't put down our electronics to spend time in conversation with each other, and about how we look for instant gratification and everything, and there were a few more very fiery points made, but I found myself agreeing with a lot of it. As she says... You push this button, you push that button, and you don't get to where you want to go. So at the end of all of this, my me and you time with my grandparents and an almost 70-year marriage has taught me the value in the long game and of we. Personally, I don't know about you guys listening, but I'm finding it very hard to survive as a we person in an I society. But conversations like this help. And I think there's a really valuable lesson to be learned in taking the time for such conversations. Whether, like me, you're lucky in your single freedom, or whether you're working on the long game of your marriage. That's our show for today. You can find all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, and here at Heritage Radio. Connect with us on social media. We are at Love Bites Radio, and I'm at Words Food Art. Thanks, as always, to our engineers, David and Vitor. Our theme song is Give Love by Josh Dion. Love Bites will be back at the same time next week with more in our Me and You series here at Heritage Radio Network. See ya.
I'm gonna save the world.